0: I'd been meaning to put up our interviews and all these other special talks uh, about catch wrestling up on some sort of uh, podcast platform. And I'd actually been looking around and um, now I think Anchor.fm is uh, probably one of the best bets for you. Uh, you the inter, user interface has actually gotten much better. Um, it's free. They also have all these different tools, that, which I think work much better than they used to. Uh, to edit and everything. So you can uh, put up a nice podcast, which we'll get more into later. So hopefully everything gets smoother later on. Um, Also, they distribute your podcast for you. So it shows up on Spotify, Apple, uh, Google Podcasts, everything like that. And you can also get sponsorships. So uh, go ahead and check it out. All right, welcome everybody. I think, yeah, okay, cool. So we should be, live. let me know in the comments if anything's wrong with the audio or anything, but I think everything should be uh, good to go. All right, so um, thank you for listening and uh, watching. Uh, Appreciate everyone. So feel free also to ask any questions at any time. Uh, We'll try to answer all of them if we can. Uh, But today, in our in our quest to keep real wrestling alive i want to try to go over some of the principles so are the principles of catch wrestling because what happens is um uh sometimes you'll see some really cool moves and stuff and you might not know why like some people can get them or or it might seem real weird or strange or whatever but a lot of times these moves are based off principles right so catch wrestling is really like a principle based art so you're not really going to be uh learning or it is almost i think even jujitsu is kind of in all all arts are kind of the same thing where it's like you got to learn some fundamentals and then you can kind of uh then go off on your own and try and find things or, or make things happen right so Uh, it seems as though catch wrestling is even more so like that because even in traditional Japanese jiu-jitsu, judo, even Brazilian jiu-jitsu, a lot of things have names, right? That's that's one of the ways you can kind of tell about a lot of things or at least these kind of differences where where the Japanese in particular, uh, they really, um, a little bit more uh, like, Oriented to like make sure everything has its proper name and then you can categorize everything So that's why you if you have a judo friend or if you know judo or you've been training in judo You know that you have to learn the Japanese names for all the different types of techniques You'll see John Danaher even try to use uh, The Japanese terms for like for the techniques um, when he's instructing jiu-jitsu So that's kind of um what's going on in like judo and and jujitsu but that's that's not really the case for wrestling even amateur wrestling nowadays um what you're going to see is uh, uh like uh, one, one, uh, one wrestler on on youtube that i saw um he was referring to wrestling as the tower of babel right because uh, all all around the world there's wrestling but all around the world we don't have uh, like standardized like names and stuff so it happens a little bit in jiu-jitsu where you know you'll have like what a darce choke and then the Brazilians are calling it like a bravo choke and all that so but uh, that that happens a lot less in jiu-jitsu and definitely not really in judo um, but in wrestling we'll have different regional terms for for stuff so um, that's kind of one of the big differences where in wrestling and especially catch wrestling, you'll have kind of some, some terminology for different things, like all the different Nelson holds and stuff like that. Uh, but a lot of things will be like, oh, this is the variation of such and such a thing or variation of a toe hold, a variation of a, a quarter Nelson or further Nelson or something like that. So, um, so it, that's why I say catch wrestling is a little bit more principle based than these other arts. Right. So that being said, the main principle you have to know with regards to submissions, because is, is actually trying to break it down simply in your mind. Right. So you have to focus on the wrestling aspect first. So that means orienting yourself once you're on the ground to where your belly is facing downward. Right. So that's kind of uh, one of the main principles, and then say if you get thrown flat onto your back, you roll belly down, and then you start trying to build your base up again, right? So getting back onto your hands and knees, right? And then trying to fight your way back, not necessarily to standing up, right? That's another principle that's kind of a little bit confused between amateur wrestling and catch wrestling. Um, you don't have to necessarily get back to standing up, but that but even though that is a possibility, and that's kind of up to you in a match but in catch wrestling it'd be more like uh, you you'd fight your way to build your base up and try to reverse them so that you can uh, get on top either you'll get you'll get them down in what we call like referee's position or even defense position and you're on top or you can roll them over onto their back and you try to pin them or submit them then right so that's kind of uh, the 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 idea and but then you'll see like in amateur wrestling where you know you might have a reset and like one like you you can pick whether you're on bottom or on top and then the person who can escape can get points and stuff like that so um catch wrestling has no points so you just have to keep on fighting so that's why if you build your base and you get back like you can get to a point where uh you're back in on hands and knees right and ref. uh that's why it's kind of like not the the best idea to stand back up even though you might be up against a a difficult or tough opponent because standing back up it means that uh you guys are neutral again basically so it's kind of like you're starting over uh sometimes i mean you might that that might be your 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 the choice you make but just no it's like you have to kind of like start from square one again um so i mean there's all there's always like little um Little things you can be doing like so even if you stand up it's still good if like they're behind you you can still try to get risk control or try to maintain risk control and then you can turn around and then you'll 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 have a little bit of control over that person um, but I mean what you know if you're standing, if you're both standing back up you can you, like if even with risk control I mean they still have a lot of power or a lot of their body that they can resist you with right so um, that being said, that's why traditionally, if you're on the ground, you don't necessarily want to stand up and catch wrestling, right? So you want, to, you want to try to keep everything on the ground, see if you can't use your, what we call mat wrestling, use your mat wrestling to reverse them, to get them under you, right? Ultimately, you're always really thinking, thinking about pinning them and then using those submission holds a lot of times to roll them over to get them onto their back. And then you can finish the submission uh, there, or you know, the ref might call a pin right, before, you, before they even tap out. Right? So with that being said, so it's kind of like the, the fundamental principles of when you're on the mat. But then also uh, for catch wrestling, the, all the holds and stuff, like all the submissions, are also principle-based. Right? So but like they're relatively similar. Right, especially the double wrist lock and the toe holds. But let's kind of talk about toe holds first. We've done a few videos about the toe hold, so a lot of it is like that. It's basically the same kind of position, right? You'll have like that rear naked choke, or we call like a figure four position around the foot, right? So where you can be pushing on the toes and stuff like that. So uh, that that is the main thing. It's, it's always push and pull, right? So same thing with a double wrist lock, right? Once you have that figure four, you'll be, you'll be pulling in, right, with your arms, right, and then pushing out with your hands. You have to maintain that. And that's what you're going to – like, when you guys watch, say, pro grappling, uh, That people are still going to be, like, trying or going for toe holds. Uh, but very, like, infrequently are they successful, all right, there was one uh, this past weekend, like I think at the fight to win event where someone was able to win with a toehold, um, but that like a lot of times people can, can roll out, right? So um, a lot of, and so then when you watch pro grappling, one of the things you want to watch for is if like, say, if someone does secure the toehold, like they get the figure four over the foot and they start bring, like, extending their arms and uh, trying to finish it this way, Without kind of having their body over it, a lot of times those are the ones that are going to uh, fail, right? So the person, like you're, like when your arms are extended, you're a little bit less like strong, or the sec- the hold isn't as secure as if you have it here. Because once you have it more like hugged into your body, you can also use your your body, like you can rotate your waist, right, to get to really put the pressure on that toe hold. Um, kind of the same thing with, um, uh, the, the double wrist lock, but in a way it's a little bit different cause you know, you you have your, your body will be across their body as well, but, um, uh, you can kind of look at that in some of the pro grappling stuff you can see like even in different highlights where, um, people, uh, they'll, they'll have their arms really extended, like hoping to get it sometimes and on the, uh, you know, there, I'm sure there there'll be sometimes when someone's have got some people have gotten it in, in matches. But a lot of times, because I think I watch a lot of grappling, I guess so, um, a lot of times people can roll out, right? Because there's just that there's just enough wiggle room where it makes it where they can get out, right? That's why you really want to hug it to your body so that you can use your entire body to finish that hold and put a lot of pressure on that, right? Um, so that's why catch wrestling again is like definitely really principle based right so just what you got to do is just try to uh, like uh, ingrain those those principles in your mind and that and then just try to start rolling with that right the other the other principle would be like staying off your back right so you you can use holds different types of you know like the figure four uh, like on the like if someone throws you down and if you can uh, secure a double wrist lock position. A lot of times you can use that to roll people over. Uh, I think when, you, when, you're, when you're training on your own or you're with a partner, right? Uh, getting used to get it, grabbing these and say like, um, if you're underneath and you try to roll them back over you, you can try to go different ways because you can so try to play with it. So once you get that hold, um, like I was saying earlier with the toe hold stuff, you know, you just pull that into your body. Or if you get the double wrist lock, you know, you get their arm, pull that into your body and you can start moving your body around and see what can become of it. Because sometimes they're, they're really heavy or they're, they're a good wrestler, but uh, you can, you can try to like, basically like troubleshoot with these, with these principles. And you'll see, see where it takes you. Sometimes actually quite often it'll it'll be pretty good. I mean, and uh, try a lot while you're in your, while you're in your gym or with your training partner um, so you can discover these different types of things, these different types of scenarios, uh, because a lot of them don't have names, right? Um, so and then so that will help give you a deeper understanding um, of kind of what catch wrestling is, right? And also, you know, the other thing about staying off your back, super important. So if someone um, like throws you throws you down and your face up. Don't necessarily try to uh, like butterfly sweep them or whatever, but it's it totally be fine if you're um, you know if you're in a match, because just as long as you're not pinned, you can totally be doing these things. But uh, try to work on building your base, you know, getting your like reorienting your your torsos, your belly, so it's face down. Get that, keep maintain that wrist control if you can. See if you can't get over them, reverse them, get behind them somehow. Right. So feel free to ask any questions there too. Hello, hello Delmer. <laughs> Hopefully that's the way you pronounce your name. Uh, I don't want to mispronounce it. But yeah, thank you for always watching. And uh, you know, let me know if you have any questions. Uh, I want to take this time right now just to make some announcements, right? So we, because of uh, well, Thanksgiving's coming up and Black Friday and stuff like that. We have uh, one offer for you guys. Let me know if there's anything else you guys are interested in. Right, but we have one uh, one course that uh, it mixes the Chinese kickboxing, the samba, with catch wrestling, and it's basically our Sanda and catch wrestling techniques against MMA or common MMA uh, attacks. Right, so basically we show you how to catch all the different types of kicks, right, and then take the person down, and then follow through to get the submission um, or basically to get control of their body. Uh, There's several lessons in that course. It's on our website, catchwrestlingalliance.com. It's in our CWA Academy. So if you go to our website, you just click on the CWA Academy link, and it'll take you to all our offerings. But uh, that one is going to be uh, 50% off uh, for the rest of this month. So that's something that uh, of people are interested in. So you can kind of get an easier understanding about how to apply catch wrestling. In a uh, in a MMA situation, right? I, I, you can kind of think of it also too for uh, self defense, but uh, self defense is a little bit more intricate than an MMA situation because you know, say like if someone has a knife or something like that. So um, it's always been my intention to make that type of course as well. So we'll try to work on that as well. Uh, so this one is definitely more geared towards like sport stuff where it's like you're both unarmed and uh, you can. So showing you the proper way to get these takedowns against kicks and stuff, uh, so you don't have to take a kick, right, to to get your to get your takedown, right? Because that's why you you don't want to be getting kicked in the head. You know, there's so many of these uh, uh, these MMA situations where someone just shoots in, like some from far away, and they get knocked out. They get a knee to the face or whatever like that. So we have uh, like counter takedowns for knees. And different types of uh, you know roundhouse kicks, whether it's like mid range or to your head, uh, or even um, you know front heel kick, you know like the teep or the push kick, uh, even side side kick, right, which is becoming more popular now in MMA since all the the based uh, Chinese kickboxing uh, fighters are you know coming out of different countries. We have uh, like two women in UFC who are Samba based, right? So they're um, come from china and uh, they're just really i think they're undefeated in in ufc now so we have the you know Wei weili and then the yen xiaonan that those two women i think they're in the same division which if anybody wants to talk about that i think that'd be something really interesting because they're both from two different parts of china so Wei weili i believe is she's a more northern Uh, Chinese person, and uh, she trains in Beijing, which is like the northern capital. It literally means northern capital, right? Because there's also like a a city called Nanjing, which is the southern capital. And uh, in older times, there was like eastern capital, western capital. So um, anyway, Yan Xia Nan, she is from the Xi'an, which is not Beijing. But that is where currently the national Sanda kickboxing team is based. I don't know if she trains with them or not, but um, they look, they fight differently, right? So even though they're both experienced in competing in sanda, they they still uh, like fight differently. So maybe we can kind of talk about that if anybody wants to. Um. All right. So Delmer has a question. Uh, what are your thoughts on the MMA cartwheel kick? You just gotta be careful. We're seeing well, even a lot of karate people doing kind of like I think, I think they call it the cartwheel or, or tornado or something like that so usually it's like uh, someone who's really uh, used to it that can do it successfully and quite often that's like a big was like a kyokushin karate uh, technique where they can get a knockout from it so yeah if you're used to it go for it but if you're not used to it it'd be kind of a hail mary type thing and uh, if you miss it then like you can be you can a lot of times you can fall down and then <laughs> so you have to get back up. So maybe the ref will allow you to get up, but maybe the other, the other person will swarm you too quick and you might end up on the bottom. Um, so yeah, just be careful with that. Right? If you're real confident, go for it. Um, a lot of the spinning stuff requires a lot of uh, practice to get in a real fight. Um, but yeah, like that's why we're seeing a lot of the 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 Asian kickboxers, like if you fight, if you, if you watch one championship, they're able to do a lot of the spinning stuff. There's a lot more of the spinning stuff. Uh, Cause you know, it's like here in the West or right, we have a lot of people who, who do wrestling or even jujitsu since they're, they're kids, all right? So they're really good at doing all these kinds of crazy moves. Um, but so that's kind of the situation in Asia. we have like a lot of people who are more kickboxing based so they can be throwing all these kinds of spinning kicks or um, these, like, kind of uh, cartwheel or jumping jumping type kicks and have them land, right? So that, that's kind of the, uh, the, the difference as well. But, I mean, if anybody watches one championship, he, yeah, hopefully you guys like it because they, they do have a lot, of, a lot of really very, like, high quality striking in there. So if you guys like striking, um, like, that's probably the, the one to watch. Because again, like in, in uh, UFC, it seems to be a little bit more boxing based. People kind of just stand and trade punches with each other, and then maybe throw the occasional kick, right? So I think it's kind of the main difference. Um, so all right, yeah. Oh, so hopefully that answered your question, Dumber. Um, okay, so that's kind of so that's basically what we have in that one course. So on our website, it'll be Sanda and Catch Wrestling uh counters to mma so go ahead and just look that up it's, it'll be what 50 percent off for the rest of the month um the other news though too is that ibjjf right they're canceling their world tournament usually their world tournament would have happened already it's kind of like a springtime thing and then in december is like their nogi world tournament and uh, so that's probably just won't even happen this year, right? They canceled the Gi one. And so they, I think they postponed the Gi one. They still held the PANS, right? The Pan American Championship. But I think they found out, especially since nowadays, like COVID is really raging, especially in the United States and other countries. I think uh, uh, even like a couple uh, European countries are are struggling again. Uh, it seems like it's uh, increasing in Canada too. Our, our neighbors to the North, they were, they were actually really, really strict. I have a lot of friends there and the, uh, it seems as though their government was really strict, and uh, I think because they were doing so well, uh, then they kind of lightened up everything, and then now it's uh, surging. So uh, we had a bunch of we had a bunch of surges, and even last night uh, in California, we got uh, like everyone. There's like this. Uh, I don't know if you guys have it wherever you wherever you're from. We had this uh, alert system called Amber Alert, and uh, so everyone on their phone gets like a text message from the government whenever, whenever a child is uh, uh, kidnapped or whatever. But um, I think there was some kind of national alert that we got where it's just talking about uh, you know, how, how COVID is raging again now. So uh, you know, for us to be careful and you know, wear masks and stuff. So um, I'm not surprised at what like, so IBJJF canceled their world tournament and then or postponed it or whatever, or at least canceled it for this year. And then what ADCC is postponing their thing for supposed to be next year, but they're you know they have to postpone it because they they usually do qualifying tournaments and they can't right because of because of COVID right. So um, all right, so let's go ahead and see some more questions. Uh, Jeff, could you can you show how to do the banana split in a video? Sure sure totally uh usually again it'll be uh, someone like you can do it like say if you're in a jiu-jitsu situation what they call like turtle or if someone's like in ref then you can start working that let me see if there was. i don't know oh no no no. i didn't i didn't record it but i I, I did it the other day uh practice in practice right so um uh so so yeah we'll make a video for you so i'll uh i'll make actually let me go ahead and make a. but let me make a note right now to do a banana split video for you guys, right? Okay. So yeah, we'll definitely do that for you. Does anybody have any other uh, uh, any other questions or requests? Because definitely want to hear that. Um, okay. What's the other? So Eli, man, I'd be in California right now training at at your gym if this wasn't going on right now. Where Where do you live, Eli? Are you still listening? To, let me know. Uh, yeah, man, it's difficult. Like, I really, I'm used to traveling. So, I was really sad about that. Like, because right now I do have uh, some students in different countries, and usually I, um, I'm able, to, like, you know, I, I go to Singapore often, uh, China, um, uh, and I have a, a few students in New Zealand, and non New Zealand is. It, it, they're doing such a good job with COVID. You know, a lot of people are talking about like how strict they were or whatever, but um, one of my students, um, his student uh, competed in a jiu-jitsu tournament. I think it was like, a, I'm pretty sure it was Nogi um, and won his division. And so then they're showing me the video of it. And it's just like, you know, there's not really any precautions or anything like that because they had like so few cases. So it just seemed like a regular tournament. Uh, you know, where you know, a bunch of uh, crowd of people around and, you know, you know just, just like a regular tournament, just like how you see. And uh, but United States, we're shutting everything down. And, you know, it's, it's really unfortunate that, um, you know, we weren't we're able to get control of it. Right. Uh, so, Eli, you're in Colorado. Um, Colorado Springs. It's been almost a year since you've trained. Oh, sorry to hear about that. I'm uh, meeting more people, early, you know, online. I'm, I'm building some more relationships with people in Colorado. I'll try to find out where exactly they are, and then we'll see if um, we'll see if we can't get out there because it's really beautiful out there. Like the whole, the like the the name, the country the country there is uh, really amazing. Uh, you know, I've, I've driven on road trips and stuff, um, and you have know, been to the airport, the Denver airport, and stuff, and. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'd totally like to go out there. So um, we'll see. We'll see what we can do once uh, you know, once we can move around more freely. Because um, I, ultimately, I I support these things, right? Because I see how, I like in in China, where um, uh, Sherming, the the MMA fighter that I work with out there, um, her province hasn't had a, a new cases. The only people who who uh, were diagnosed. With COVID, were people who came back from abroad, right? So then, people who come back from abroad, then they have to quarantine for what, a couple of weeks, and then uh, get retested, and then if they're negative, then they can, uh, you know, carry on business as usual. So, uh, and again, like I said, like you know, like uh, New Zealand is doing great. Uh, Singapore is pretty strict, so I, I believe they're doing all right, um, but they're still wearing masks and stuff like that. So. Okay, so yeah, oh, guy, guy will, yeah, no catch anywhere, right? So, sorry about that. Um, said we had a catch school, but the shut down, yeah, yeah, and that's the other thing, yeah, catch wrestling, like authentic catch wrestling is pretty rare, so like, uh, is, so I would in- encourage you, so like what Eli was saying, that if, if everything was back to normal, um. Uh, like, you, you know, you would be coming out here to California to train. Doesn't they say. Like, like I've always been that way or that type of person where it's like, yeah, if there is, like, a special instructor, I would just go, right? So that's why, like, Billy Robinson was in Arkansas. So I went to Arkansas, right? Um, the snake pit is in Wigan. And, uh, you know, you had to, you know, build a relationship with, with Wigan and stuff. And, um, you know, they, they invited me to go. So then I went right? So, um, and, and I'm not, I'm not rich in any, you know, but, um, you know, like, these are the, the sacrifices I'll make, right? Because, like, if I'm interested in something, like, kind of, like, I'll just dive in, right? So, um, I wish people were like that, where it's like, oh, if they're interested, uh, then they just, they'll dive in, they'll, they'll travel, they'll do what they can, right? Like, th- um, there's a lot of situations of, like, successful athletes that do things like that. Uh, in the in the last I used to, I used to teach at a jiu-jitsu school it was one of the Cabrini affiliates and one of the black belts at that at that school the black belt jiu-jitsu um, you know a black belt of jiu-jitsu who was one of the jiu-jitsu instructors um he was from like the south maybe like new mexico or uh, you know maybe texas i can't remember he was, he was from one of the those southern states there uh, the southwest states or whatever but i, I heard that when he was young, he was doing well, moving up in the ranks with uh jujitsu. But he said that like even though he didn't have any money, he moved out here to California and trained with Cabrini. I don't know if you guys if, if you guys follow jujitsu, Cobrina is um and pretty legendary. He's not like a heavyweight guy, he's a smaller dude, but he was able to you know win all these big tournaments and he was one of the few people to ever win what they call like the grand slam where he won all five major world grappling tournaments in what the same year so um the black belt here uh, like he wanted to you know reach those heights too so even though he didn't have any money he he just you know took that leap of faith and moved out here to la which even you know, back then, before, you know, years ago, it was, it was always expensive, right? So definitely probably more expensive from, than where he grew up. And, uh, yeah, he's actually one of the top black belts in the world. Right? Um, Let's get back to some of your questions. Um, <laughs> Eli is like, damn, I wish I knew the secrets to train without money, right? <laughs> well yeah that's the thing too right a lot of times jiu-jitsu gyms are like crazy expensive so um uh you know i think if uh, right now if you're um, i don't know what the situation in your state is but you maybe you can even try to find some folk style gym or something like that that might be that might be something you can do in the meantime before you before you're able to come out to la because right now la county has like some of the highest rates of covid in in our state so we have like more, the most restrictions right the county south of us uh, uh has less restrictions uh because they have less people well, less cases and stuff so uh yeah officially we're our our gyms are still closed all Right, so yeah try your bet try your best to um you know stay safe and all that and wear masks and stuff um Ben, are you? Is that OKC? Is that um, Oklahoma City? So, well, hello, Ben. I think that's Oklahoma, right? so, uh, My good friend John Smith is a coach out there. I wouldn't say we're good friends, but we have. I have his phone number. He has my phone number in his cell phone, and I have his. he's a really nice guy that I um, had the pleasure of meeting. And uh, uh, he's a big fan of catch wrestling. So. Um, Maybe we'll do some videos. Besides the banana split, maybe we'll do some low single uh, videos as well because he's amazing, an amazing athlete and a super nice guy. And uh, maybe we'll get a little more affiliated with them. Uh, my good friend John Strickland on the East Coast, the official uh, legit catch wrestling uh, coach out there. Um, he and I really want to try to maintain the relationship with John Smith. Um, so maybe we'll be out there in Oklahoma, or at least uh, you know, like uh, doing some workshops and stuff. So uh, yeah, we really like them. Yep, John Smith is an Olympic gold medalist. That is correct. Yep, he's he's a coach. He's a coach now, but uh, yeah, he 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 made that low single. Yeah, he made that low single technique. They, he made it, he, he did it, he did it so successfully that now they, a lot of people call that the John Smith, right, so, or the John Smith takedown. Um, oh, yeah, 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 I've even heard, like, at a jiu-jitsu school, which I think is kind of cool where they still, like, give us reverence, how it's like, uh, they talk, you know, this grip is called Gable Grip, you know, from Dan Gable, or uh, uh, one jiu-jitsu school was, uh, they are calling, it was a modified low single, but they are calling it the John Smith low single, so uh, that's pretty cool. Um. So. So Brett, where where is your Brett's gonna have a pro match, pro catch match in December? All right. Well, hopefully you uh, wear a mask. <laughs> uh, just make sure you you don't, you know, don't don't mix too much with the crowd. Cause, all right. Uh, let's see, uh, Eli. I do have a question though. I'd like to use the collar collar, elbow tie up to set up some neck submissions, but I'm not really sure how to use it effectively. Right. So, um, what you need to be doing is waiting for them to, well, not even waiting for them to push you, to push on you. You got to feel that pressure of them pushing forward. Right. And you, you want to block it with that, the hand that's going around the collar. Use your forearm to kind of block them from you and then. What you can also do to force them to push into you is actually you push them back, because in a real match, um, they will they will they'll rebound back, right? So you're actually gonna push them. Don't wait for the rebound; just expect it to happen, and that's when you can then kind of like parry, like parrying a punch out of the way. You're gonna guide their their head underneath your other arm, All right? So don't don't do this. so much. you know, a lot of people will do that where they kind of do kind of like a, a press down, and then they'll. Try to get the handlock. Um, that might be that might be difficult, right? So um, um let me see. Oh, so yeah, that's what that so that's what you probably want to do. Push them and then see if and don't wait for the rebound and then guide them, like parry them under your other armpit. Uh that usually tends to work. Um and then and then quickly just Jump backwards, you know, kind of pull them down. Don't try to throw them over or whatever. It's uh, unless you're really good with throw, standing throws or whatever, then just don't worry about it. Just once you get that the, in, in the United States, a lot of people call it the cow catcher position, just pull them down. All right. Pins from cradles. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. So Brett again is uh, asking about pins from cradles. Uh, what in particular of uh, setting up a pins from cradles. Um, uh in jiu-jitsu like if you go if you're doing if you're grappling with with a jiu-jitsu person uh cradle them from half guard and then roll them over and see if you can't crank their neck enough to get them to tap Uh, i've gotten that tap a few times on people and they didn't they didn't because they're not wrestlers so they're they're like oh man like what was that you know so um uh yeah half guard half guard you can cradle them um let me see, if you, if you can get a, in a headlock and then pull them you know, standing, uh, instead of going for guillotine, probably better to pull them down. And then you can start maybe reaching for a cradle. Um, uh, so yeah, see if you can't do that in your match, right? Uh, well, one of, the, one of my, so Brett's asking one of my, any favorites? Uh, one of my favorites actually is, so if someone, so you, you, you snap them down right? They still, like, their their legs are still standing, right? Their legs are still straight. You haven't pulled them down yet. You snap them down, and you get the headlock, right? So, they're kind of more in a tripod position, right? So, that means you kind of folded them over where their head is already kind of close to their knees, right? So, you still keep that downward pressure. Then you can set up, so, what you'll do, uh, I don't have the room here, but, like, uh, so, so imagine them, you kind of snap them down, you got a headlock, you start pushing them down, they're still standing. So they're they're really like in the shape of a V, right? But you know, you're holding their head here. Their leg is really easy to reach at that moment. So you just keep, you want to keep pushing and then, but you want to kind of slide. So, so imagine you slide your same leg, right? The leg is kind of near their head. You'll slide that between their, Oh no, no, know. <laughs> Maybe you'll just reach, reach for them, keep pushing, grab. And then you'll just easily roll them over, but you can kind of sit down with it and kind of sit down with it. And then, oh, your outside leg catch, catch their leg as they come over, so you can get a real nice. Uh, see if you can get a neck crank, and then the, their leg will be re- really straight. So you're kind of straight. If they if they have a uh, bad flexibility, their leg will be really stretched out, and you can be cranking the the their neck at the same time uh, for that type of cradle. But yeah, usually from the front headlock, if they're not. If they're not going down and they're kind of just they're kind of tripoding, that one's like usually like really high percentage move that you can get on a lot of people. Maybe you can make a video a video about that. I think that'd probably be a good one. Actually, I think it'd be a great idea. (laughs) That'd be a great idea because something easy and that's really a high percentage move that like if someone's resisting going down, just cradle them. yeah, because they're going to fall into a, a pinned position, and you're kind of getting that real that stretch on the on the hamstring, and a little bit of neck crank going. So um, you can do that, and then you can um, you can also you know again if you're in a jiu-jitsu situation where there's no pins, you'll still have control, and you can probably just continue rolling them over, and so then you can roll over on top of them. You can, and then you can if you let go of the cradle. Right, you'll you can just go into side control, what they call side control, right? And you can try to go for whatever kind of uh, uh, even like a, a cow catcher where you can kind of end up cranking their neck as well, or go for that double wrist lock or top wrist lock. They yeah, have a lot of options from from cradles, which are which make them really amazing. Uh, so yeah, go for them. <laughs> All right, so did that kind of uh, so Brett did that kind of Uh, Clear it up. Do you think you can see it a little bit better? I think maybe I'll still make a video about it because it's one of my favorite techniques. Oh, so uh, you're from Tracy City, Tennessee. That it. And then uh, this is. oh It says it's crazy to get input. I watch your videos all the time. Well, thank you for watching. Um, And uh, yeah, yeah, you're 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 welcome. Yeah, keep on asking questions and. um, uh, you know, I'll try to answer as many as possible. Oh, you're from Ohio, Athens, Ohio. Okay. I'm meeting more and more people from Ohio. So uh, welcome, welcome. Seems like you guys uh, have a lot of people there in Ohio. Apparently, you guys have a lot of big cities, right? You guys have several. Yeah, I've been to Cleveland a few times already. All right, so keep on asking questions, and I'll keep on answering. Um, yeah, let's see if there's anybody else. Thoughts on catch guys abandoning abandoning the pins? Um, yeah, they're just doing jujitsu then, really. Um, you'll start to lose um, a lot of the wrestling, and I believe actually I just told one of my one of my private students last night. Um, you know, wrestling is really what's going to win you uh, these big time matches, right? So. If you're able to un- like have like these like understand these these principles, especially catch wrestling principles, and not I would say catch wrestling principles over uh, amateur wrestling principles, even though they're very similar, but since catch wrestling is a little bit more aware of the submission holds, I would I'm going to say as long as you're aware of the catch wrestling principles, then. Um, That's what's going to be. That's what, what, at least in my opinion, is going to allow you to get these control moves or these control positions, like we're talking about cradles earlier. Uh, You're going to be able to understand how to follow through with them, and then maybe end up in a some some type of submission, where there's a neck crank or um, uh, you know flipping them over to pin them. Since I there's no pins allowed, right? You'll be able to flip them over onto their back, like you just follow through with it, and then uh, you know set up all other kinds of of submission holds including even like head scissors and stuff like that um and that's all like re- catch wrestling principles right so if you'll see people abandoning the pin or whatever then um uh you'll see how like just how like say like changing the rules can kind of change what they do over time Right, so that's why even in folk style, even though it's really, really similar, like the, they would even allow like those different types of key locks and uh, double wrist lock positioning. Right, a long time ago in collegiate wrestling, uh, since more and more rules got added, then you'll see it's like the 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 goal or the objective of that game changes. So you'll you so the wrestler's mindset changes accordingly. Right, so um, that's kind of what happens. Um, so yeah, don't, don't abandon the pin. Uh, I would say in training, still be cognizant of the pin. So when you're, when you're sparring, if your coach or, or your buddy or whatever, if they can be making you aware of the pin, but so, so like, so say so like if you're going to be doing a, um, a jujitsu tournament, I would still say like, have somebody be marking the pin. So like if you're it, like if you pin someone back if you pin someone on the mat still have someone count it and then if you're doing a jiu-jitsu tournament you, know, you still mark it that you got it but then you can continue to follow through and see if you can't get a submission hold. Um, but just just like kind of be aware that it's there and that you've got someone you've driven someone to there um, so that when you actually do um, a catch wrestling match you'll be prepared but also you'll you'll be understanding those wrestling principles. And then also the other the other thing would be like if someone throws you back throws you back onto the ground where you're face up, then try not to stay on your back. Right? That's another thing where it's like you'll see people who maybe um uh, uh, beginners or if they've you know they've seen jujitsu or if they come from a jiu jitsu background. Um, they like, say, if they start doing – if they start rolling, they start sparring in catch wrestling class, then and they get thrown back onto their back, then they start pulling someone into guard. You know, So it's like uh, if, that's, if that's the case with you, then start trying to not go to – or don't try to keep them in guard. You can start trying to work your way out, right? Start trying to go to referees, try to uh, – you can still kind of even pull them down, you know, keep their head close to you, but then you've got to work your way out right, Um, and get back to where your belly down. Hopefully you can get out, and you're on top of them, right, pressing them down, putting their face into the mat or whatever. Um, That's what you want to be doing, right? All right, so Brett, uh, you never do live chats, but I'm glad I checked this out. I'm glad you did too. So also um, let me know if there's any – I like to do like a live chat with you guys a weekly, so if there's any subject that you'd like me to talk about, uh, go ahead and uh, let me know as well. Definitely, you know, just put it in the comments, um, you know, so we can, we'll always have different aspects of stuff to talk about because, you know, everything's evolving and um, uh, you guys are asking great questions too. So yeah, just, and that's why even on a lot of my videos, I, I try to talk talk about, even if I joke about it, I still try to talk about the pen. Uh, I did a video, it was like um month ago or a couple months ago that you know with the title being like pins are useless but in the video like i have an epiphany that you know it actually you know trying to drive someone to the pin helped me get a submission right so that's that is why like uh, you don't ever abandon the pin right you know you got basically because it helps you to control somebody right and you also can imagine like pinning someone's body parts down so it's like Uh, Someone comes at you in seated guard. A lot of times you want to be uh, uh, like pinning down the ankles or the feet, you know, kind of getting where it's like they can't move certain limbs and then you can move your body around it. So that's another thing that I consider like pinning principles that you want to keep in mind, right? All right. Let me see. So C grips or monkey grips for double wrist locks. Usually, I, I call it a human grip, right? Because like, a, if this is like the, the monkey grip, then us humans will go like that, right? So yeah, C grip. Sometimes some, at certain angles, like say if I've been underneath somebody, right and there, uh, sometimes uh, the C grips kind of worked out a little bit just because it made, made my uh, thumb a little uncomfortable. So then I'll just shift it but most of the time, it should be that sea grip, right? Mm. right? So, um, well, uh, Delmer asked if Curran Jacobs is the CWA world champion. Uh, well, he, he doesn't work with us anymore, so um, I guess not. We also had a, a gotch tournament even afterwards. So uh, and Anthony Pacheco won that one. So. Um, but I think once Covid kind of clears up, um, we'll we'll have another Gotch tournament. So we can actually I want to ask you guys then. So like just think about this. So like every sport, like football, basketball, baseball, uh, soccer, even what they do, which is uh, like which le- I think helps add legitimacy to their sport, is like they have a season, right? So every year, every team starts from scratch. They have a season, and then the winningest teams, you know, playoffs, and then, then they'll have the final, right? And then that the winner of the final is that year's champion, and then they start again the next year. But in fighting, like MMA and uh, and boxing, right, if someone wins the final, then they, uh, they remain the champ, right, for however long they can defend the title. Um, but, you know, it's like uh, – like there's there's always I guess on all sports right there's been um, uh, ac- accusations of corruption and all that but I mean what do you guys think about that where it's like you'll have I think there's um, well, anyway like or you have an actual season right so maybe you have uh, a few tournaments or a few matches and then whoever's the winningest at the end of that year can be the champion and then the next year you start over because um, I kind of like that that idea. So where we don't necessarily have like a lingering uh, champion, especially like if one you know doesn't want to fight, or if uh, quite often for some of our tournaments, like you have a lot of people talking where they want to compete, and then uh, when you set up a tournament, like especially in the middle of the country, we had one in Iowa, where it should be uh, uh, easy for people to go, right? Um, you know, then people don't show up, right? So, so we might have a, a champ where um, some people don't want to show up to have a match against them. So, uh, that's the thing. Um, thoughts about doing the Gotch toe holds in the modern leg leg lock era? Yeah, they still work. Uh, I in my last match in in Wigan. Um, I was able to submit uh, someone using the, one of the gotch toeholds. And uh, the guy is like one of, one of Damian Maya's uh, black belts now. Um, so, yeah, they work. So, Takero Man is ans- answering my question. All right, uh, seasons are a great concept, especially in amateur based sports. Would the seasons be one on one contests or tournaments? Uh, we can probably even do like one on one, so it's like, a, you know, like a like a UFC event where they will have like a few a few fights, so you don't have to fight uh, multiple times in the night. But we can also then and then like the winningest people at the end of the year, maybe do like a four man tournament or something like that. So, because um, when I was doing kickboxing, there and kickboxing tournaments, I guess like the athletic commissions were they, they said that they didn't want. Kickboxing or kickboxers to be doing more than two fights a, per day or something like that because um, you know we can take a lot of damage and stuff. So, uh, so maybe we keep it like that where you do you we can have several events and then the winningest guys towards the end of the year we can have like a four-person tournament something like that. Yeah, you think rankings would be great additions to add to catch wrestling and grappling in general? Yeah, I think that's good. Hopefully um you know hopefully when uh, when when we get COVID under control we can do more stuff. All right, Brett is lives on lives on coffee and cradles. Yeah. Keep keep that that mindset going, Brett. And then so Guy is like are there tournaments for newbies? Uh yes, actually in our last gotch tournament that we had in Los Angeles, um the people who who uh, signed up for it there were a lot of like more experienced and then there there's enough newbies that um, we we split it up so it kind of kind of will depend on how many people enter but yeah I think we'll probably try to do newbies because I, I think if we don't do any like uh, newbie division then it'll it, it scares people off like like seriously people are, are pretty scared to compete in catch wrestling um, and I think cause it's like, uh, even if they come from a jiu-jitsu background, they think they're a badass or whatever, but, uh, bec- the pin, the pin actually scares a lot of people because they, they develop their, their game, a lot of fighting off their back and stuff. So, um, I think that's one of the, probably one of the scariest things besides getting slammed or whatever, uh, people are scared of all that stuff. Brett, we need more catch events. I'd love to see it grow. And I feel like it is. Of course, COVID slows us down. That's right. So I think that's the thing. So just uh, maybe take this time to train. Right? Take this extra time to train. Just be careful if you do have matches. You know, make sure that you're wearing masks and stuff when you travel. And um, um, yeah, just protect yourself. I helped out. Um, I helped train a few women for one event that. Uh, the LFC event that took place in Sturgis and that rally that motorcycle rally and then like a few months later You talked uh, in the news. I saw this article where researchers were linking that rally to one of like now There's like COVID spikes in the Midwest and so a lot of it can be traced back to that that event in Sturgis <laughs> so uh, Be careful guys be Careful. When we had a in this, if you're not from this country or whatever, like we just had the presidential election, and so then a lot of people were excited about the outcome. So then they all went outside and they were uh, having large gatherings. And then, uh, but that was last week. And this week, they're they're talking about how that those large gatherings also uh, led to some spikes. Right? Um, Let me see. Yeah, 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 Eli, you definitely need authentic catch wrestling in New York City. I, I agree. Um, even though you're in Colorado, <laughs> even though you're in Colorado, would you move to New York? New York is more expensive than LA. I think uh, if you can come out here to LA, even though LA is like really expensive, I, I've always thought Manhattan was like way more expensive. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, and guy, you're a freestyle and Greco guy. Yeah, yeah, you're you're totally fine with, you know, getting slammed or slamming others and stuff like that. So it's it's cool. It's cool. So we need more people like you. Uh, Taquero man. Why was catch wrestling lost as a sport while sports like boxing and traditional wrestling were maintained? Is pro wrestling a factor? Yes, so pro wrestling and amateur wrestling were, were a factor, right? So... In the Olympics, uh, they did have catches, catch -catch can, but uh, they instantly banned the the submission holds and stuff. So, uh, and then they uh, over the years ended up changing the name from amateur catches, catch can to freestyle wrestling. So, um, and then they keep on they kept on adding rules and whatnot to it. So um, that's why freestyle is kind of like so far removed from catch wrestling nowadays. Uh, even though there's a lot of good things about it, right, but, um, you know, it's, you can see how far it's gone from actual catch wrestling. Uh, Same thing with folk style as well. Um, Even though it came from catch wrestling, it was, again, um, made safe for, you know, the the young athletes, and, um, but then over the years, more and more rules got added, so more and more techniques got taken away, Um, so that's why we have what we have today, which, you know, like, FolkStyle is pretty cool and, and um, uh, it's pretty exciting. And uh, I like showing it to people from other countries that, you know, are into freestyle and they, they're like, oh, what's this? Because it's different enough where people can tell the difference, uh, especially if you're really experienced with freestyle. Um, so it, it has a lot of cool All of them have a lot of cool things to it. but um, um, And so that was one of the reasons why uh, catch wrestling kind of faded away because a lot of people wanted that gold medal in the Olympics. So then they would compete under any, whatever rules can get them that medal they'll, they'll do. Right. Cause you see, even today we have a lot of people de- devoting their, their young lives to, to freestyle or, you know, whatever, or even whatever Olympic sport they like, right. They, they put a lot of time to it and they, um, they, they go according to what, whatever rule changes are made. Right. And then, all, then of course, like around World War One, I, I think after World War One, I, I think uh, all professional wrestling went worked, right? So, um, what well, we, you know, these, these predetermined matches, right? We call them works, right? So um, it seems as though by the end of World War One, it was like almost completely that way. And so then, a lot of people um, who were real catch wrestlers. Those who had other things they could do, like other businesses they can fall back on. Some of those who didn't want to do the works, they just retired, and then went, you know, did whatever else they could do, uh, which is pretty sad because we got, we could have seen, you know, more, uh, more, more matches and potentially like one of the, you know, since since film is, you know, was kind of growing and the technology was kind of growing, maybe we could have had more video from back then uh, showing some of these, some of the greats. You know that that would have been cool. Let me see. You literally train once a week, and now it's frustrating to. Um. Yeah. Yeah. But at least if you're doing at least once a week, Eli, uh, just keep keep at it. Keep at it. Uh. See if you can't uh, do any solo training. You know, like. if if there's even like some kind of uh, dummy you can use or something to practice your throws or different techniques, uh, try your best to do all those. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Try your best to do the technique. Also too, I mean, you can, you can do our online Catch Wrestling Alliance Academy um, uh, courses uh, that, that we offer where it's like, it's, it's graduated. So it's like, we actually, when you when you join, there's actually a lot of lessons there. Uh, even my buddy John Strickland has like um, a few lessons on there as well. So it's a kind of a mix of uh, the British based and also the American based uh, catch wrestling. Uh, and then once you do, like basically, you, your test is to demonstrate that you know the fundamentals. So we have a, this, this section where it's like uh, take down fundamental or stand up fundamentals and ground fundamentals. And then once you show, Basically, by submitting like you know short videos of you doing the techniques, then you're granted access to more advanced lessons. So, it is uh, uh, it's it's a way to kind of keep like quality control and all that, so that uh, anybody associated with us at least knows what they're doing instead of just like trying to sell you everything and then all of a sudden making you some kind of like affiliate and then uh, you know you know you can't beat anybody in the match or right? just it makes everyone look bad, right? So that's why we don't do like these weekend certifications or stuff like that. It's like, um, uh, we, want, we want to spend more time with you because say so like even jujitsu, I mean, you know, you, to get a black belt, you know, takes years. So I think people have to um, respect catch wrestling in that way as well, where um, you can't just like do it in in one weekend and then you're like a catch wrestler. You, you know, even in, in history, it's like, you you didn't become a catch wrestler in Riley's gym like overnight or whatever. You know they barely start. You had to be there for a few months before they even kind of accepted you, because uh, it was it was tough training and a lot of people would just quit real quick, all right? So um, that's how our program is. So you're you welcome to check it out. Um, that you know just catchwrestlingalliance.com. Click on the CWA Academy link, and you can see all the offerings we have there. All right. Okay, Brett, so you said you'd love to stay, um, but you need to go drill. So, um, yeah, thanks for watching. Uh, so I think uh, we've we've been on for about an hour, so um, I think maybe we'll go ahead and uh, call it a day here, too. I think we had a, we had a productive conversation, guys. So, uh, you know, thanks for all your questions. Um, you know, let me know. Um, you know, just keep in touch. All right, so we'll keep chatting uh, also next week. All right, so we'll see you then. Thanks for watching.